Slick drop, boot to the face, we won't fold Quick to put a dude in this place, he out cold With a tombstone, grab at the waist, get laid flat Can't escape, nowhere to go, the cage match It's on now, when I spot him, it's no problem Everybody stone cold till they hit with the rock bottom Sharpshooter, I won't miss him like Bret Hart Like Al Snow, they gon' need him a head start I just might catch a better body than Mickey James Get acquainted with the name, we bringin' the pain Like Kane in the ring, all I see is red Paul Bearer, Undertaker, I can see the dead John Cena putting hands in your face Ted DiBiase got a milli on the waist B2TF, better stay in your place Or get smacked down, play it safe, what you talking about? Welcome to Bluetooth Face, Chris Rucker, EJ Reed here on Twitch, powered by FullPressCoverage.com. Go there for all your sporting wants and needs, where I'm sure there will be nothing but wall-to-wall coverage of Deion Sanders in Colorado, beating the national champion runner-up TCU Horn Frogs in what was probably the game of the college football weekend, and also all of your NFL picks. How the hell you doing, EJ? Man, I can't complain. Doing fine. How about yourself? I'm doing great. They're kicking off NXT with the Women's Championship match, so we were talking pre-show if we thought Becky was going to pull up or not. I'm not going to tell you, but we'll know soon. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man, uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Like I said last week, it's football season. College football is back in the swing of things. Like you said, Dion pulled up the upset. Uh, my Gamecocks lost, which I'm upset about. Mm. But, you know, no reason to cry about it, even though if you lose one game in college, it's pretty much your whole season. But it is what it is. Speaking of pulling up, I think I might pull up to the UGA South Carolina game in a couple of weeks. Why would you want to do that? It's, it's, it's going to be bad. Like, they're not protecting the kid, Spencer Rattler. The O line is awful. I mean, he's skilled, but. You don't have anybody blocked for him. What can you do? Yeah. I'm ugly. I haven't been to a UGA game in a couple of years. And then this past weekend, uh, the cheapest game of the season, it was like 20 bucks to go watch them play Rice or whoever it was. And then this coming week, they got another little cupcake schedule. But I'll have my kids this week. The week after that is probably the only other week I'll be able to, like, get away this season for a home game where the prices aren't, like, 300 bucks. Prices are like one thirty, I think, for South Carolina, but they'll probably go down on game day. I guess it depends. Uh, the next week or so shakes out. Athens is a fun time. Oh yeah. I went. Uh, when did I go? Like in twenty eleven or so. It was a shootout between the Gamecocks and the Bulldogs. It was the game where uh, Clowney sack fumble. Who was the quarterback at the time? Was it wasn't Stafford? I think it was Murray. It was Murray. He sack fumble Murray, and then. Uh, so boy Ingram recovered it for the game-winning touchdown. It was crazy, and they tried to fight us after the <laughs> game. So yeah, they were upset. That's Georgia fans for you. Oh, that's all fans. I'm just blaming it on Georgia. I don't know, man. I've been to a Florida game in uh, Gainesville, and they were cocky, but they were more smug and more laid back as far as their assholeness. The Georgia well, fans were rowdy. They tried Georgia to had us. won in like thirty-something years, man. We had a lot of pent-up frustration. At that time, you know, 1982 was the last time they, or 81 actually, wasn't it? 
was the last time they won before before a couple years ago. So they had a lot of pent up frustration. They had time to listen to that gamecock shit. Hey, they tried to physically fight us, and it was unnecessary. When you say us, are you talking about the guys on the field or in the stands? No, no me and my homeboy Mark. <laughs> they tried to fight us in the parking lot. <laughs> Country boys, good old boys. Yeah, they was mad at you. We didn't even say anything to them. They saw us with our gear on. I think we might have been like doing some cheering amongst ourselves. We weren't like taunting them or antagonizing them. Yeah, that's annoying. Like, let me enjoy us winning. Y'all lost. Like, what do you want to fight for? None of us play for the fucking team. Um. Pro football season starts this week. We'll be making our picks at the end of the show. But let's fucking get to it, EJ. We got a lot of news to talk about. We got a couple pay-per-views to talk about. Let's get right into power rankings. Are you going to get into power rankings? Let's get right into fucking power rankings. I went first last week. so I'll let you kick it off. All right. Let me mentally do my thing. I got my one. My two is that person. My three is that person. My four is that person. My five. Okay, here we go. Number five. She's made the list two weeks in a row. Becky Lynch. Match of the night for WWE Payback. Becky versus Trish. Big win versus the Hall of Famer in a cage. And dare I say, Trish is... I can't remember Trish having a better match than this. I'm sure she... Like, her and Mickey had a couple of good ones. But as far as, like, standout matches... This is probably Trisha's standout match of her whole career. Yeah, man. It was fantastic all around as far as matches go. So, you know, I'm not mad at that number five. You might be seeing her appear on my list. But for my number five pick, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I don't think I've ever done this before. It's a, it's a tie for fifth. I got your still... Intercontinental champion mm. who's about to break the record come Saturday, Gunther at number five. Man, what a historic reign he has. And, you know, they kind of put the Intercontinental title back on the pedestal that it was in yesteryear. So I like that. Um, and he's tied for five with Takeshita. Mm. Beat. The best bout machine at All Out, man. And the week before last, did he roll him up at All In too? So yeah, he beat him, him two times What's in a week. That? What's that? He beat him two times in a week. You're right. So I got Mr. Takesh the tie for that fifth spot. My number four spot. I went a little bit faction heavy on my list. So this is the first one of the factions I put on my list. I got Bullet Club Gold. Too sweet me. They beat uh, FTR and the Young Bucks at All Out. And I, I like how they have them win that match and then win the week before that at All In instead of doing 50-50 booking. Like, if you're building toward your future, skip the 50-50 booking and just put your new guys over strong. So, yeah, they're my number four pick. Um, I'm going to cheat also, and you'll, you'll know why when I get to my number one pick. So I'm going to, I should have did this at number five, but we'll go a tie at number four also. Your intercontinental champion, your longest reigning in the history of the sport, Gunther, the ring general. And he is tied with 
the faction that's got all the gold, even though the belts are like silver, the faction that's got all the gold, the Judgment Day. I love how Samantha says that. Judgment Day kicking ass, man. Got a win over Sammy. Got the world tag team titles at the payback. Your boy, uh, I'm your boy. Rhea got a big win over Raquel Rodriguez. And then come next week, she's going to defend the title again, they say. Uh, so, yeah, that's my number four. It was a tie. Uh, my number three. Mm. My number three. I had this in my head earlier, like five minutes ago. Who was my number three? God damn it. Maybe I should start writing this down. I'm going to pick somebody randomly as my number three, and then you're going to come up with something, and I'm going to be like, fuck, that's who my number three should have been. Um, my number three was from All all Out, I thought. Fuck it, I'll just go with John Moxley as my number three. Not a bad pick. Your new international champion as he took the title from uh, Orange Cassidy in... Orange Cassidy had what, like thirty something title defenses? Yeah, he's you pretty might up put there. Orange Cassidy on your short list of wrestlers of the year, as far as entering goes. Yeah, that was a good match. That was your number three. Mm-hmm. My number three was your number five. I got Becky Lynch, and you talk about one of the matches of the night. That might be in the running for one of the matches of the year, as it, far as her and Trish go. You know, straight up banger sorry go ahead no i'm done go ahead i was gonna say i heard you know i think michael cole said it immediately after and i saw some stuff on twitter after two or x and i was like eh, i don't know about all that like and i started thinking about matches of the year then i watched it again <laughs> yeah this is a good fucking match like the women don't usually do cage matches like that like they beat the shit out of each other you see trish looking like a fucking klingon because her head was all swollen up. Like she was straight off of Star Trek. And I want to say this. I give Trish a lot of shit on this show throughout the years. Every time she's come back. I've said she's overrated. I don't think she's as good in the ring. This last run that she's on. I'm not going to say I take it all back. She's killing it. Her heel run, she's killing it. She's been great on the mic. This was, again, probably her best match of the last 15, 20 years. Because the match with her and Charlotte I didn't like. Um, honestly, I can't think of a ma- There's no standout Trish matches, and I think this might be the one. Again, except for when her and Mickey were going head-to-head. But this might be the one. Yeah, man. They left it all in that cage. Um, I don't know where you mentioned this at. You mentioned a, a Hell in a Cell match. With, uh, you said Sasha was in that match? Sasha and Becky. They had a great Hell in a Cell match. I can't even remember how that went off the top of my head. Yeah, it was when Sasha when Sasha came back with the blue hair and turned heel right after uh, Becky mm. Becky fought Natty at SummerSlam and Sasha made a return and turned on her and they started a feud. They had like they had like two or three matches that went to no contest and then they ended up at Hell in a Cell and they again beat the shit at each other. Yeah, I gotta go back and watch that. That was my number three was Becky. Uh, my number two, I don't know if you you already had these people on your list, I want to say. I got the Judgment Day at number two. Mm-hmm. 
they got all the gold, like you said, even though it's a silver belt, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they got the win at Payback. They got the tag team championships, and like you said, Rhea beat uh, Ra Raquel. Is it Raquel or Roxanne? Raquel. Raquel Rodriguez. There mm -hmm. you go. She beat her at Payback. So they're my number two. My number two. I, you know, I wanted to put somebody that lost on here. And I'm going to give an honorable mention to him. But my number two is Daniel Brian Danielson. But my honorable mention is Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is here. Like, he's a fucking star now. That match was so good. And his promo he cut on, uh, what was it, Collision? Mm -hmm. Where he was trying to get Ricky the Dragon Steamboat to sign up for it. Ricky Starks is just good, man. They Honestly, just put the fucking belt on him. Like, Put the belt on him. Have him be the one to beat MJF. He's probably going to beat CM Punk. We'll talk about that later. He's supposed to main event against Punk and ends up in a fucking strap match with Brian Danielson. And Danielson just, the guy hadn't missed a beat. Like, he's so fucking good. Uh, so my number two is Brian Danielson. My number one, a man that has never made my list. And a man that will probably never make my list again. A man who's taken a lot of criticism. From not only boot to the face, but from people on Twitter. And it's been given a lot of praise also. My number one in power rankings this week, EJ. The owner of AEW, Tony Khan. His balls finally dropped. He did it. He finally stood up to one of his talents and did something. Was it the right thing to do? Probably not. Like, Business-wise, it probably wasn't a good thing to fire CM Punk. But aesthetically, locker room morale, the whole nine, I never thought he would do it. He gave CM Punk his own show just to try to keep this motherfucker happy. And old malcontent Phil, he still, he st it still wasn't enough. And Tony said, well, fine, take your motherfucking ass home with cause. We were just talking. Have you heard about the shit that, like, the new shit that's coming out? Like, he went after Tony Khan? And yeah, that's I, heard, I heard about it. I'm sure we'll get into that when we segue into our next topic. Get into the details of that. But yeah. A lot of crazy stuff coming out with the stories. So shout out to Tony Khan. And then shout out, you know, you know why he's on my power rankings? Because he had the balls to go out there and tell Chicago. Yeah, I fired your boy. We still going to have a great show. <laughs> you niggas can leave if you want to. But we got your money. <laughs> we got your money. So if I was you, I'd enjoy yourself. Because your boy is uh, gone. I think uh, I don't think it's as calculated as, as it may seem. I think he might be on the spectrum a little bit. So, but I won't get into that. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I hear you, but I was just saying, like, it took a lot of balls for him to go out there in front of Ch in Chicago and announce that he fired CM Punk. True. And he took that it. Was he, your number, yeah. was your number one was a... Sarcastic type number one pick. It wasn't sarcasm. I was being, <laughs> I was being upfront. I'm serious. Uh, uh, my number one is uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. They went three for three at All Out. Mm. Had, like you already talked about, yeah, Brian Danielson with a banger of a match with Ricky Starks. What a good match with that strap match, man. Violent and just, oh, it was just good. But then you had a. Uh, Claudio and uh, Yuta getting the win in the tag team match as well. 
And like you said earlier, you had Mox defeating Orange Cassidy for the international championship. That was the main event. And you no know, people complained about it going into the pay-per-view, but I thought it was a fine main event. So hats off to the BCC for holding it down. Uh, your boy, uh, not Max Caster, Bowens, he tweeted out or X'd out, whatever you would say. You know, y'all are always complaining about the build to the pay-per-views and, and we knock it out the park every time. And I, I halfway agree with him. They do knock it out the park every time. But there's nothing wrong with a story going into it. There was no story for any of these matches. Honestly, I didn't watch it till like, when did I watch it all out? I think I watched it like sometime Monday. Monday morning, maybe yesterday morning. I didn't watch it live. I didn't care to watch it live because I didn't care about it. The only match I really wanted to see was Miro and and Hobbs. And then when I found out Ricky Stark was fighting Danielson, those are the only two matches I cared about. By the way, honorable mention of Miro and Hobbs. That was a big heavyweight fucking <laughs> big meaty men shirt. Where the hell did you get that from? I don't know, pro wrestling team somewhere. Yeah, I didn't even know they made those. That's funny. Um, that was a big a big heavyweight hoss fight. And AEW don't have shit like that happen. And they they did it. And then you had Lana come back. Yeah. Bobby Lashley's wife just pulling up out of nowhere, you know? Yeah, did she ever get that thing a no? <laughs> I don't know. Lana looks different now. I don't know if we want to get into why the possibility she may look different, but that's neither here nor there. She's um, over. But, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you said it was Bones that said that? Yeah, Bowen said that. And I, I just, I, 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 again, I agree. Like, y'all, they, they do a really good pay-per-view every fucking time. Like, wrestling wall-to-wall is always really good. But, like, I don't care about it. Like, it's cool to see a dude do a bunch of moves and shit. But if I'm if I don't have anybody to cheer for, I'm literally just watching two motherfuckers do moves. I mean, like you said, he has a point. But your hardcores are gonna always buy it because they know it's gonna be a banger of a pay per view. But you're trying to branch out and get those casuals. And if you're not building up towards a pay per view, if I'm a casual, why am I gonna pay fifty dollars? If there's nothing really, you know, to look forward to and no build up towards it and nobody to chain root for. So I'm kind of in your boat. Like, I'm going to watch because, you know, I'm doing podcasts now and I'm a big fan of pro wrestling. But, you know, the random kid that may not have the money to get it, it's not going to ask their parents for the money unless you, you know, gear it towards them and build the pay-per-view up to get those casuals in. You said a key thing. You said, why would I pay $50 for it? And I'll add on to that. Why would I pay $50 for something that has no story a week after I just paid $50 for for the same fucking company? Yeah, that's another good point. In your world. I mean, I get what they're trying to do. It's almost the same concept of having two nights of WrestleMania, but you're not paying that much for WWE pay-per-views anymore. You're paying that for Peacock, so. It's not the same. Right. And you got your world champion. Your main event is a is an international champion, the secondary title, right? Your world champion is in a fucking ROH tag team title match. So that's like, 
and all that's supposed to be their WrestleMania, right? If we're comparing. So let's say it's WrestleMania next year and you got Roman Reigns and Solo versus fucking uh give me a crazy tag team that would equal the Dark Order. Fucking Otis and <laughs> like, Otis like and Chad Gable. Yeah, you got them versus Otis and Chad Gable, a comedy duo. That's who your world champion is at WrestleMania. That, that doesn't add up. Like, I'm sorry, nobody gives a fuck about the ROH tag titles. I, I hate the ROH titles being on AEW TV, period. Especially now that you got this new show. Tony said their titles were not going to be on TV like that, but yet we're here and it's still happening. Joey in the chat says, reminds me of old ECW pay-per-views when they hype a few matches and have a lot of last-minute stuff, but usually delivered in the ring. Yeah, that's a good, you know, comparison. I just never liked ECW. I, honestly, like most people my age, we watched ECW because we were horny. Because, like, <laughs> Francine and Beulah and fucking Kimono Wanalea, and, like, you were just hoping... That if you watch ECW, you're gonna see a titty. Like that's the only and Rob Van Dam. All the rest of that shit, I don't give a fuck about all that. The hey, Sandman and all. Anyway, I feel like you saw more skin with the WWE Coliseum video uh, rollouts, like with Jackie and all that, and the cat, <laughs> than you did with ECW. I can't remember any skin being shown on ECW off the top of my head. Right, but you all, but ECW like. They slutted their women up. Like, they, yeah. it was always the threat of, like, something's going to happen tonight on ECW with one of these women. Tammy Lynn, Dawn Marie, like, they had some, some women that looked like they didn't mind, like, taking their clothes off. And as a fucking 20-year-old, 19, 18, I fucking love coming home. My 12 o'clock curfew in ECW was on. I'm like, hell yeah, we about to see something, fellas. See, you were a... Uh... A little bit older than I was in ECW's heyday, so at that age, you actually had parties and stuff to go to. When I was that age, all I could really do was watch wrestling, so I was into all wrestling, so I was all about ECW. I was like 10, 11, watching ECW on a Friday night. Was it Friday? I'm pretty sure it was a Friday night on TNN. Yeah, it was Friday night on TNN. Remember Raw went to TNN randomly for like four or five years? The oh. new TNN. Yeah. Raw was on Spike, and then that changed to TNN, and then they went right back to USA Network. What a weird well, time. It, it, it was TNN, and then it changed to Spike, and then once they left, uh, TNA went to Spike. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room. CM Punk gets fired with cause. Uh, a lot of stories going around. So uh, the latest story, you know, we weren't there. We don't know. This is just what's been reported by... All of the reputable, <clears throat> and when I say all of them, I mean like SRS. He's really the only one. Him and Wade Keller. Wade's good too. Uh, basically, Punk choked out Perry, and when it got broken up, Tony Khan <laughs> apparently monitors got knocked over on Tony Khan. He got upset, and apparently Punk like lunged at him like he was gonna whoop Tony Khan's ass too, and threatened to quit, allegedly. And that is why Tony Khan, quote unquote, feared for his life and his safety. I do agree with Tony Khan, though. The people that are there that aren't wrestlers, like, they shouldn't have to come to work and worry about getting their ass kicked by a wrestler. And apparently it was not a safe environment that was there. 
I also feel like they were they were waiting on Punk to do something like this to get rid of his ass. Hey. Like I said on previous shows, 90% of CM Punk's grievances or frustrations, I agree with. You had the EVPs running around treating the company like it's their playground. You got young boys that are going around thinking they know everything about the business, but CM Punk went about it in the complete wrong way. Mm -hmm. Like you shouldn't air out your boss in the front of public and making them look stupid. And you don't have the authority to go backstage and tell people what to do. Right. So like I said, I agree with 90% of his grievances, but with his history of being honorary and hard to work with, he should have known he was skating on thin ice and he knows he should have went backstage and handled his things privately instead of publicly. And so, I mean, it's his own fault that he got fired. I agree. I kind of disagree with you a little bit though. Like. Yeah, he, his grievances are factual, right? Like, people aren't taking advice. People aren't taking it serious, whatever. That's not his place, though. He just runs around backstage, like, fucking beating people up now. Because, also, like, again, why, why you ain't fucking with Samoa Joe or Miro or somebody that would actually give you the work? You, you beating up Jungle Boy, right? Like, <laughs> okay. You beat up Jungle Boy, you sent... Dolph Ziggler's brother home. We don't even know his real fucking name, this guy. Like, make example out of somebody if you want to make example out of somebody. But he wouldn't. He's basically a fucking bully. From what was reported, allegedly. Um, I almost feel bad for him, though. Wow. Like, I don't know. Like, it, you've never been in that situation where, like, everything you do is under a microscope. And you could be in the right in your own mind. And you care so much about it that like you just can't control it. Plus, everybody else is against you. You got all the pressure of like everybody else being against you. So you just don't react well to the shit. That's, I almost feel bad for the guy. I don't because like I said, his history of being kind of an asshole and honorary, he should have known that. Lashing out in the way he did was gonna, you know, put him under a microscope, put himself underneath a microscope, and every little thing he did would get dissected. And like I said, he was—I agree with ninety percent of his grievances, but like you, like you said, and I said earlier, he doesn't have the authority to go backstage. You're not the boss. That's supposed to be Tony. And like I said last week, if Tony felt froggy, he should fire him. And lo and behold. He grew some balls and fired him. <laughs> Didn't have a choice. Um, what do you see? So they were in Chicago. So this was the worst fucking play. And I bet Punk was like, you ain't got this shit. We're going to Chicago next week. Tom's like, take your motherfucking ass home. <laughs> oh, they did this in Chicago. They still had a good turnout. They still, honestly, like the pay-per-view, even though it wasn't built, the way I would have liked it built, I felt like that was a show that they needed to have. Like, just drama, almost drama free. You still got the Bucks doing little, like, this is why I don't like the Young Bucks too. Doing their little, like, underhanded, stupid shit, like, doing the little CM Punk victory lap and shit like that. Like, just, just fuck it. You won. The guy's fired, you know? I learned how to cut a promo, Nick and yeah. Matt Jackson. How about that? 
Instead of y'all worrying about who's backstage and shit, y'all were the EVPs. Y'all started this company along with Cody and Kenny Omega. You ran Cody out. Now you done ran out CM Punk. But yet y'all don't want to travel? Y'all don't want to come to the fucking show every week? Y'all don't want to stand in the ring and sell a fucking match? You just want to come in and do super... You know, God damn it. I agree with CM Punk. Now you now he's fired. But you brought up a good point that I thought about, but I forgot about to bring it up today. Cody and CM Punk, they had probably, we don't know for sure, but I think they had similar grievances. But Cody went about it the right way, mm-hmm. and Punk went about it the <laughs> exact opposite way. <laughs> Punk said, I burned this motherfucker down. <laughs> That's exactly why Cody left, because the Bucks are children, man. I don't like the guys. Like, they have some good matches, even though it's a lot of flippy-dippy stuff. But as far as backstage stuff goes, I feel like they politic a lot. And I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, they're just... I've never liked the Bucks. Um, this goes back to, like, their ROH and when when uh, being the elite was real hot. Like, I don't know. I just it, Something just rubbed me wrong about them. And here it is all these years later. Like... EVP aside, the company is really literally called, excuse me, All Elite Wrestling. You're the elite. Kenny can stand out there and cut a promo. He has. He's carried a story. Why don't the Bucks do it? It's almost like they don't have time or care to, like, put themselves in an important program besides just, like, doing a couple backstage vignettes with your man holding the camera. Like... That's not enough. You're, you're, you're two of the biggest stars in the cut where you were. Guess what? When I think of all elite wrestling now, I don't think of the Young Bucks. I think of Moxley. I think of Danielson. Soraya. Jamie Hayter when she was there. FTR. Ricky Starks. Hobbs. I can, I can go down the list of probably 20 people before I get to the Bucks. True. Is that what they wanted? I I feel like Tony didn't get his money's worth with him, honestly. And he read up on their contracts. So. <laughs> yeah, because he just didn't want him to go to WWE like Cody did. Uh, if they went to WWE, they might end up being Viking Raiders. <laughs> Speaking of going to WWE like Cody did, CM Punk, yeah or nay, WWE. See, I think do do I think that he is, or do you think I think that he should? Either or. See, that's tricky because I don't think Vince and Hunter hold grudges when it comes to doing business. Mm-mm. If it's gonna make money, then they're probably gonna do it. But I think it's up to Punk at this point if he wants to come back. Because I think when we heard those reports of him going backstage, he's putting out feelers and being all friendly with people backstage. But I feel like it's all up to him at this point. And um, I feel like if he did go back, I feel like it would turn out differently than it did the first time. Because at this point in his career, he knows he's not a top-of-the-car guy at this point. He's not going to get a WWE title run. So he'd probably be in that edge role. Uh, go to work and do his thing and WWE is a structured place so he wouldn't have to deal with goofy EVPs running the show they they run a tight (laughs) ship over there so 
I think if he did go to WWE, it wouldn't be like his first run there. This is what a phone call with Triple H and Punk is like. Punk's like, I got fired. And Triple H is like, yeah, nigga, you thought it was bad here. <laughs> Pretty much. You man. recanting all that shit now. You need to go on Coke Cabana's podcast and apologize. Um, yeah, the grass ain't always green on the other side. <laughs> Look, man. Vince and Triple H have proved time and time again that they don't give a fuck about all that. Money's money. They let the Warrior come back. Bruno came back. They went and got Sting, even though Sting didn't really do anything to him. He, you know, fought him off for the longest. They don't give a fuck about what you say about the company. They literally went and got the motherfucker that started the company that's opposing them after he left. Cody quit WWE. He asked for his release. He didn't quit the way Punk did. Cody and Punk got really similar fucking, like, stories. But in those similarities, they're polar opposite. Like, Cody handles everything with, like, class and the right way. And Punk is like, fuck these bridges. Like, (laughs) I'll burn them all down. I'll never come back here again. And then he kind of has to. But, honestly, Survivor Series in Chicago... Hey, I'm all about messiness and drama. I say bring them back, see what happens. <laughs> I say bring them back too. I don't, I don't give a shit. Why not? Put them on TV. Yeah, like I said, he needs to be like in that edge role, just being special attraction matches, and then take his ass back to Chicago. But I got a question though. Do you think this punk experiment was with AEW was a success or a failure? Monetarily, it was a success. They made a lot of money. Um, In the grand scheme of morale, I think a lot of people banded together that probably wouldn't have banded together in opposition of CM Punk. Now, you still got guys like FTR and Andrade that were Punk guys. He separated the locker room, but I think he also like brought a lot of the locker room together. But as far as, like, money goes, yeah, I think it was worth it. And I don't know how the contract works out, but you fire somebody with calls, I don't think you got to pay them the rest of it. So they got kind of a discount. <laughs> now they got another TV show that TNT has to pay for out of it. So, yeah, I, it's completely worth it. Now, all the drama and shit like that, like, your your product constantly being labeled as, like, being an uncontrolled work environment – Obviously, you got a lot of work to do on that, but I think it was worth it. And honestly, if you go back three years, I think I think if Tony Khan could do it again, he'd do it all over again. He'd put up with all the shit that's happened for the money that they made. Man, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. I pretty much agree with you on that. Like, short term, like as far as money made, it definitely was worth it. But maybe long term, they may have he may have messed things up in the backstage as far as making it clickish and making people choose sides but i don't know they made money off of it honestly and, um, i'm sorry go ahead but no go ahead i was gonna say honestly indirectly he probably helped backstage i think this whole thing made tony khan realize he can't be friends with everybody he can't be a fanboy when it comes to people that work for him he has to be the boss and i think you know, with the fact that reports are that Jack Perry suspended 
indefinitely. I think he gets it now. Like, I got to be the boss. I can't be everybody's little fucking buddy. They can't come fucking rubbing their fingers in my hair, treat me like a little kid. Like, I pay for all this shit. It's mine. You work for me now. He don't have to be a dick. But he can't be everybody's buddy. Oh, my God. NXT saying Gigi Dolan is backstage and regular, nah, but regular clothes, and I, I like it. <laughs> They're off to a good start by uh, firing CM Punk, but they still got bigger problems on their hands. Like, you got wrestlers going on TV, going into business for himself, not even with Jungle Boy, with you had Hangman Page, which was probably the start of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta clean up some of that stuff backstage, and you got. Young boys, you know, not wanting to take direction from the veterans. That needs to be like a whole culture change backstage as far as AW goes. And the buck starts with Tony Khan. I don't know if he'll be able to, you know, keep that momentum going with him establishing himself as an actual boss and not their friend, like you said. But I don't, maybe it's the start, but I don't know. Do you think that he's going to have a firmer hand in the future? I mean, it's hard to get the younger wrestlers to pay attention and follow rules when your EVPs are literally stirring the fucking pot on TV. Like, it might start there. They might have to be stripped, if they haven't already, of any kind of titles of management. But, I agree. yeah, I, I think he needs to put... He said they had a, a discipline committee. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to put something in place to where, like not be so accessible to everybody like i don't know how it is backstage first off let's let's talk about that but from everything we hear everything we read like he's friendly with everybody and not to compare him but everything we hear and we read with vince you can't just go to vince you got to go through your agent you got to go through this that channel then maybe you get to talk to him maybe that's how it needs to be with tony maybe tony needs to put his foot down like yo this is we we created this because I love wrestling and I want an alternative to WWE, but it's still business. Like, we still put a shitload of money up that we haven't gotten back yet. We're just getting incremental amounts of it so far. Like, that's how businesses work, right? And right now, you're fucking with my bi- If I own a Subway sandwich shop and I hire a 16 year old kid, that 16 year old kid, this, this isn't his life, this is my life. So he could come in and be like CM Punk. He'd come in like the Young Bucks. And I got to sit him down and say, look, like you either going to toe the line or I'm going to get your ass up out of here. I don't care how many kids from your high school come in here and buy sandwiches. Like, the ends won't justify the means at the end. And I think that's what he's got to do. He's got to. And I know that sucks. Like, he wants to be the fun, cool boss because he's still young. Like, he's what, like 35, something like that? He's like, he's going to push it 40, but yeah, yeah, he's young. He wants to be the young, cool boss. Like, come here to work. It's fun at AEW. All that fun shit runs out after a while. <laughs> like, the honeymoon phase is over with, clearly. So, I ain't saying he's got to be an asshole, but I, I think he's got to be a little bit more stern. Yeah, and I know he wanted to set up the company to be more loose and more free-flowing than the guys across the street at WWE, but at the end of the day... They're a billion-dollar company, and they're a billion-dollar company for a reason. It's because they have structure. And I don't know. If you want to last, you need to have more structure in your company, man, yeah. with the pump firing. Agreed. 
But uh, what do you what, think about? Uh, well, I didn't mean to cut you off. But what do you think about Collision going forward? Cause like you said, they set it up for Punk, and uh, I'm feeling like the ratings may dip a little bit with him being gone. But I heard rumblings that they're gonna try to center it around Danielson. What do you think about that? I mean, I didn't watch it for Punk, but I I know I'm in the minority when it comes to Punk. But they still got good people on Collision. Like he was just one fucking guy, you know. SmackDown's still killing it without Roman Reigns being there every week. Payback still broke records without the bloodline. Like, people will get over it. Are they going to... So, answer me this. AEW fans, you're really going to boycott and not watch because one fucking guy left? You wanted an alternative. You wanted all your favorites to be on the show. And now one guy leaves and you're going to not watch it anymore? Is that rumblings in the IWC that they don't want to watch because Punk is gone? Well, that's the question you just asked. You should, how, how's Collision going to do now that he's gone? It should still do the same, should it not? True, but I heard that a big selling point when they brought it to the company execs is that Punk is going to be the anchor of this show and now that he's gone. But I think even without Punk, this show was necessary because... They wouldn't have enough TV time on Dynamite for a lot of these wrestlers that are now being showcased on Collision. Like, I don't think the Bullet Club Gold would be what they are right now if they didn't right. have Collision. Right. Also, Ricky. Ricky's yeah. been showcasing a lot of his stuff on Collision and Samoa Joe. So I think this show is necessary regardless of if Punk was the anchor. I think if they're using Danielson, that's a good, that's a good selling point for the, the network. That's probably your next best thing. And now Is he even that fully healed, he looked like it on Sunday. I think he probably came back a little bit sooner than he would he wanted to because of this whole punk situation. But yeah, I mean, he was definitely a fucking breaking glass in case of emergency type motherfucker. I mean, he still put on a fantastic match, so I guess it's off with the races, Will. All right, let's talk about these two pay per views, EJ. Um, you had WWE Payback and you had All Out. Give me your match of the card for both of them. And then uh, let's talk about what we thought about each of the each of the shows. Man, you already know my match of the night for payback is Becky and Trish. Same. But but KO put on a bang of a match. KO and uh, Sammy with the Judgment Day. I like that match. You saw a little color. Was that, mm. real? Was that real? Oh, yeah, that was real because they had to they had to go wipe your boy KO off. Uh, he got he got busted open the hard way. Um, oh, the hard way! It was hard way. No, I meant like by accident. Like I don't I don't think they meant to do it. Yeah, so man, he got busted over the hard way. I yeah. don't know if he went back and went into business for himself and bladed because he just, I looked and he was just bleeding. <laughs> yeah, he was just like it came out of nowhere and then he was off screen for a while and the next time you saw him, all the blood was stopped and the referee had gloves on. I think that was just the only thing I didn't like about that match is it was and. I know, I love the bloodline, but there was just so much interference in this match. For a tag team title match to change hands in a tornado street fight, I don't I don't know if I like that or not. I'm glad Judgment Day won, but I don't think a street fight is how you defend tag titles. Like tag team wrestling is supposed to be like a a, a structure, an art form, right? Like we're a tag team. And they did it in a fucking tornado match with 17 fucking people interfering. 
Yeah, I agree. It was a lot of interference going on in that match. Unnecessary interference. Yeah, Rhea sparing. Oh boy, through the was it through the the, the, the guardrail or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I enjoyed KO doing that swanton off of the balcony. That was pretty cool. I thought he hurt himself because he he like missed almost like a lot of his body just landed on the fucking ground. Yeah. I was like. It was a very creative camera angle, too. I don't know if you, on the replay, the cameraman was underneath KO and then saw him jumping over the top of him. WWE's got some, for all the camera cuts that they do when people are jumping or fighting and shit, they also have some really good camera angles that they do, which AEW could learn from that. Yeah, you know, people are complaining that they miss shots, like important shots on certain important places of the match. I think with blood and guts, they missed. Something happening at the end, I can't remember off the top of my head. But then they always get it when, like, people are cutting themselves open with a razor blade. Yeah, or <laughs> missing, completely missing somebody when punching. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I thought I thought Becky and Trish was definitely the match of the night at Payback. And not for nothing, Nakamura and Seth Rollins did their thing, too. You, you like that, Matt? I did. I like the story in it. I like Nakamura going after his back constantly. Um, I don't know if I liked the ending that much. Like, it was a little too, like, I thought Nakamura was going to kick out. Uh, your boy L.A. Knight and Miz, they put on an okayer. I mean, they both got similar styles, so it was a nice sound match, but nothing that's going to blow you out of the water. Your boy got the rub from John Cena. That was, that was cool, I guess. Does that still mean anything in the year of? 2023, the John Cena rub. Fuck yeah, it does. Still John does Cena. Does his audience still cross over and watch wrestling? I feel like he's so out of the stratosphere that you don't have a casual fan of his Hollywood stuff. Let me watch it on wrestling. Maybe you might do. I might be completely wrong. I mean, you saw how the crowd reacted last night when they thought he was coming out. Yeah, he still is over it. Who would have thought the guy who was getting John Cena sucks chant? How they love him. Go figure. Uh, we can move from payback to all out. Man. Ricky Starks and Danielson. Miro. That's your match of the night? Miro, yeah. And then Miro and uh Miro and Hobbs, I thought. Again, I, I like big fucking heavyweight, like just knock the shit out of each other matches. And I really like that match a lot. And I like both of those guys, too. Like, I was... You ever had a match where, like, you like both the people and you haven't decided who you want to win yet? And so throughout the match, I'm, like, trying to convince myself, no, Hobbs got to get this. Because if Hobbs win, it'll put him in the main events. No, man, they can't have... Like, I'm talking to myself the whole match. And every false finish, I'm like, damn, he should have won right there. No matter who it was. And then when Miro won, I was kind of like... Man, Hobbs should have won. <laughs> but it was it was it was a good match. I liked it a lot. I like Hobbs in that spot. Um I don't know what, where they're gonna go next with Hobbs though. Like I'm glad he got the shine, but he still lost though. Mm-hmm. I wanna see him start the win and start to string together more wins. Honestly, I wish they would have just kept the TNT title on him. Yeah, like Hot potato in that title, even though I do like Christian walking around with the belt. But man, Ooh, Luchasaurus much. beat the shit out of Darby Allen. Yeah, he did. 
I can't remember who I chose for that match. I think I may have chose. Yeah, I think I chose Luchasaurus because I wanted to see Christian walk around with that belt still. But yeah, yeah, he beat the shit out of him, like you said. Um, I imagine tonight, man, he chose uh, the Ricky Starks match. I don't know. I'm not going to cheat and do a three-way tie, but I did like that match, the Ricky Starks match, and I did like uh, the main event with Moxley and uh, Orange Cassidy, but I think I give the slight edge to my match in the night to Takesta and Kenny Omega. Mm. Takesta went and shocked me, especially when he couldn't cheat and the referee took the screwdriver from him. I was like, oh, he's losing. But he honestly just fucking beat the dog shit out of Omega the last couple minutes, and Omega couldn't kick out. Man, I thought Omega was about to kill Takesta when he went on that top rope for that. One wing was about to go for that album. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's He's over. about to die. <laughs> but. And then Takesha was uh, splinted around to that uh, that Blue Thunder off the. That was crazy. Um, but, yeah, that's probably my match of the night. What do you say, think about people saying that Takesha is the new Omega? Do you see those similarities? They're built about the same. I guess they got the kind of same style, but, and I was never a big Omega fan, but Omega had like a, he had a vibe to him. I don't think Takeshita has that. It could be the language barrier, but Omega just had a, a feel to him, you know, like he could talk a little bit of shit. He didn't do it a lot, but he could, and he just had a, the way he carried himself. I don't think Takeshita's there yet. Now in the ring, when the bell rings, yeah. Yeah, like you said, Takesta's still young. I didn't watch that, a lot of his DDT, well, I didn't watch any of his DDT stuff, but apparently he's putting in work over there in Japan. I like that AEW has their homegrown Japanese star because WWE has tried to do it throughout the years, but for some reason they can't seem to quite get it right. They, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, he was on fire at NXT and they were doing weird stuff with him on the main roster throughout the years, and now they finally got him in the main event picture, but who knows how long he'll stay there. But now that I think about it, besides Nakamura, who's the biggest Asian star that's been in WWE off the top of your head? Oscar. Male. Male? <laughs> Yokozuna? <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that's, I mean, you know, your boy Hakushi was there years ago. Uh, Kai and Tai. Yeah, Hakushi. I was, about to, I was about to say Kai and Tai. <laughs> Kai and Tai were over big time, but that was like stereotype shit, though. Like, uh, you talk about, you talk about Ming? No. Hakushi. 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 He's a motherfucker. He fought Bret Hart a lot. He had the letters oh, like um, yeah, the letters that yeah. were tattooed all over him. Hakushi. Got Not Haku. Him. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's that's probably like you know, the last time somebody really threatened somebody for, you know, the world title besides besides Nagamura. And what was that? Ninety five? That was Yeah, that was ago. a long fucking time ago. Uh 
Yeah, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. We're probably missing somebody obvious, but I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. And that's crazy. I mean, and I like what they're doing with Nakamura now. Maybe it's a Triple H influence. You know how they have in the backstage with the with the subtitles. Like, yeah, I feel like you could have done this a long time ago. This the way they're doing it now is a way to do it respectfully, as opposed to what they were doing with Kai and Tai. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Like, indeed. <laughs> Funaki. Funaki. Funaki was the guy. Now, this is Funaki, SmackDown number one announcer. I used to love Funaki. They like magically turn into a tag team all of a sudden. They, they just forgot the other two dudes. It was just <laughs> Taka and Funaki afterwards. Taka Michinoku. Taka Michinoku was pretty good too with the light heavyweight title. His run they, he had for a while. They pushed him like as far as when he first came to the company and they created that whole tournament for him. But then when they brought in Kai Tai to feud against him and he eventually joined them, like yeah. they kind of started treating him as a joke for some reason. And they tried to cut Valvina's dick off. Choppy, choppy, pee pee, pee pee. Like, NXT really, like, is just trying to. They know what they're doing. They literally are in the women's locker room with, like, all the women in, like, yoga pants and skirts and shit like that. Like, we're not stupid, NXT, okay? Excuse me while I watch this, though. They're clearly trying to push the sex appeal. I'm not mad at it. Like, women are hot. And they can wrestle. Who cares? I mean, if if that's what they want to do, if that's what the women want to do, but I hope they're not being forced into, hey, sell is sex. They're not doing anything like over the top. Like honestly, they're just good looking women that are dressed how good looking women dress. <laughs> like yeah. they're not like doing anything crazy. They're just like, hey, whatever you order TV tonight, we're gonna have you on TV in that. Yeah, oh shit! Cool with it as long as that's how they want to dress, and it's not Vince circa two thousand. Them. I mean, again, I you could go out on a Saturday night to fucking pure Takiera and see women with less clothes on than what the NXT women are wearing. Yeah, yeah, the whole faction though geared toward it with toxic attraction. I miss those days. <laughs> Shout out to Mandy Sachs. Uh, I don't think we got anything left on the docket except for NFL picks. Let's fucking go. First off, we got to decide what kind of wager we're going to come up with at the end of the year. Hmm. I don't know. What did what what you and Marty did in the past? We forgot to keep up with the thing. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Joey said, Drinks? that's your boy, Shawn Michaels, Maggles, that told him to display their cakes. <laughs> Could you imagine yeah. Shawn Michaels telling him that? Just, just, just do what uh, Sonny used to dress in back in the day. Ugh, Sonny. Have you seen her lately? Can't miss I'm a, her. No comment. Can't miss her. Well, she's a piece of shit, so we can talk about Sonny all we want. Like, she's a trash human being. Yeah, all the DUIs and... Racist. Yeah. I don't I know. She, wasn't Sonny racist? I think she, she did say some racist shit, I think. Probably, but I remember... Watching one of those, uh, what do they call it? Those those shoot interviews, mm-hmm. and she was gone there. How she doesn't, how she doesn't date black guys or whatever. I'm like, well, that's fine. F you too. We don't want to date her no more. No, ninety sunny, ninety five, ninety six. We might have to work on these public relations, girl. 
But 2023, Sonny? Shit. We don't, we don't want your motherfucking ass. She's like everybody's wall back in the day. Like, she's aged like milk. Who does she used to beef with? Who, was there in any other? Was it, no, was there any, any other women around when Sonny was the most downloaded woman on? She, her and Sable didn't like each other. I thought. Oh yeah, I I remember when Sable came along. I was like, who the fuck is Sonny? Like <laughs> Sable, honestly, Sable was like when Sable and Tori were doing their thing. Sable was like out of this world hot. I remember thinking Tori Wilson was the hottest woman in wrestling for years. And when her and Sable got together, I was like, Sable's kind of <laughs> kind of keeping up with her. Got together for that Playboy Centerfold. Yeah, Tori was my Tori's probably my all time like the years that she was on SmackDown. If I had to rate like who I thought like the hottest woman in wrestling ever was, it was Tori like two thousand three or four. Like I don't think anybody looked better than Tori. Couldn't wrestle her way out of a paper bag, but she don't have definitely to. hot. She don't have to wrestle looking like that. She got to the Hall of Fame. Okay? You can't tell her she can't wrestle. She's a fucking Hall of Famer. True. So is Donald Trump. Donald Trump's a Hall of Famer, so. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some football, EJ. Thursday night, the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, we. Sorry. A bottle of your finest alcohol. A hundred dollar bottle of alcohol. Okay. Or a a bottle of alcohol up to a hundred dollars. How about that? You get to pick whoever loses gets to pick and send it to the other one. But a really good bottle of alcohol. That'd be I think that'd be fun. All right. Um, I mean, this, this number, this week number one is going to be a crapshoot because we don't know uh, yeah. any of these teams are going to uh, look. That's why we're doing the whole season. Kansas City Chiefs, Detroit Lions. The Lions come in, EJ. Uh, they, got, they got a lot of fucking, uh, a lot of hype on them right now. Everybody's talking about the Lions winning that division this year, going to the playoffs. You well, think? I mean, you don't have Aaron Rodgers in that division anymore, but I don't know. I'm not a huge Jared Goff fan. They were decent last year. They lost a lot of fucking one-score games. Even though I don't like Cousins either, I'll probably pick the safe bet and choose them to win that division. I think I'd pick the Bears to win that division. Really? Mm-hmm. If I had you like Fields? Gun- oh, yeah. You know, he went to my high school. Oh, yeah. He's a Georgia boy. Uh, give me the Chiefs over the Detroit Lions. And we're just picking straight up. We're not picking with the spread and all that. So you got the Chiefs? Yep. No, I'm not picking against my homeboy. I live in the heart of Chiefs Nation. So I'm going to go with them as well. Breaking news, EJ. You want me to tell it to you now or you want to wait till later? I'll, I'll watch it later. So you pick Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Uh... Kelsey might be out. I heard that. But, you know, still Mahomes. We'll find another receiver. The Carolina Panthers come to ATL to take mm. on Bijan Robinson. Because I don't know who the Falcons quarterback is. And the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Man. 
Ah, I'm gonna go. I mean, I don't even know who the Falcons quarterback is, but I don't know if I'm gonna trust a rookie on the road with a division rival. So I'm gonna go with your hometown team, not your team, but your hometown team. Let me go with ATL. Hope. I'm gonna go with. I know they're North Carolina, not South Carolina, but I'm gonna go with your 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 way. I'm gonna go with the Panthers. Okay. Next up, we got the Houston Texans traveling to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens. You know, people talk a lot of shit about the Cowboys not winning. I feel like Baltimore is like the most overhyped, overrated fucking team of the past really? 10 years. They never win when they get to the... Have they even won a playoff game? I don't know, but they got a Super Bowl in 2012, so... That was 10 years, 11 years ago. 12 years ago after this season. That's what I said the past 10 years. I mean, they just one of those franchises that get fly under the radar. Is it deserved? I don't know. Probably not, but it's the it's the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. Houston Texans versus the Ravens at Baltimore. Give me Baltimore. <laughs> I'll agree with you. I'll take Baltimore. Ooh, here's a good one. One o'clock schedule. This is what I'll be watching at one o'clock on Sunday. The Cincinnati Bengals. Stay in state and travel to Cleveland, Ohio. Joe Burrow versus uh, the massage parlor guy, Deshaun Watson. Um, I think Watson, Chubb, and Amari Cooper are going to make a really good fucking team this year. And I also think Cincinnati. No, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to take the Browns, though. Where is this game at? Cleveland. Yeah. I don't know how healthy Burrow is, so I think I'm going to go with the Browns, too. Even though I'm not a fan of Watson. For his off-field behavior, but it's neither here nor there. A game yeah. that I don't even think this game will be watched by the local people in Indianapolis. The Jacksonville Jaguars go take on the Colts. Tony Khan's team. I think the Jags are going to win that division. Me too. So give me the Jaguars. Yeah, uh, I got the Jags too. This is, I think, going to be a show improved year for Trevor Lawrence. So give me the Jaguars. Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings without Dalvin Cook. Hmm. Give me the Vikings. I'll take the Vikings as well. They're really good during this, you know, one o'clock slot. Kirk ain't worried about that. He's gonna put about four hundred on them boys. Was Anthony Richardson? Is he starting? For who? He said it's Indy, right? No, the, the Bucks. The Bucks oh, and the, the Vikings. Bucks. He did say he said Baker Mayfield. It was Indy versus Jack. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know how. Uh, Bacon Mayfield's going to look at quarterback. And who's their running back now with uh, Tampa Bay? They don't got Fournette anymore. Fournette's on the streets, back. isn't he? Isn't he still out there? Yeah, I think he's a free agent. So, yeah. I can't go with Tampa Bay. Give me a Viking. The Tennessee Titans travel to New Orleans, one of my favorite cities, to Ooh. take on the Saints. 
with Derek Carr. Derek Carr looking ripped out there. Um, I'm going to take the Titans. Man. We are the Titans. Derek, is Derek Henry healthy? I hope so. I drafted in my fucking fantasy football league. <laughs> the mighty, mighty Titans. Man, I got... We got to have some different picks. We only got one so far. So... It's a long I'll go season. Out limb. I might regret this. I'm going to go out and take the Saints. It's a long season, though, EJ. You know? 17 weeks of this shit. Yeah, but I'm going to win. The San Francisco 49ers travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers of Pittsburgh. Who you who got? You got? Uh, who I got? I got San Francisco. Hmm. Kenny Pickett, man. Kenny Pickett. I'm going to take the Steelers in an upset. Kenny Pickett is going to get picked off. Nah, I'm going to take the Steelers in an upset. Okay. This is is the week to do upsets. Like, nobody knows what the fuck is happening. Like, it's going to be upsets. Yeah, yeah, there are. Man, there's a lot of 1 o'clock games. It's like 10 1 o'clock games already. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals take on the Washington Commanders. Kyler Murray's not playing. He probably won't even play this year, I don't think. The Commanders versus the Cardinals. Who's the Commanders? Creepy Carson Wentz? No, man. Carson Wentz didn't play for like three teams since he played for Washington, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah, oh, right. wait. No, he might be the Washington Commanders fucking quarterback. I have no clue who he plays. I don't know who the commander's quarterback is at this point. Washington. Commanders. Wentz was with, was he with Indianapolis at one point? I can't remember. Quarterback. There's so much going on with sports nowadays. It's hard to keep up with year by year. Sam Howell. Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett are their quarterbacks. And And they're going against... The Arizona Cardinals without Kyler Murray. Where is it at? Phoenix? It is in Washington. Maryland, to be exact. Man. Uh, who's, like, actually going to watch this game outside of <laughs> Commanders fans and, and Cardinals fans? It sounds like an awful game, but I guess I'll go with the Commanders. Yeah, I think I'll pick the Commanders also. What's up next? Next up, we got the Packers of Green Bay taking on the Chicago Bears, and I'm going Bears all the way. I think Justin Fields is going to just have a great year this year. How do you think the Packers are going to look post-Aaron Rodgers era? I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued, though. Me too. I think they're probably going to be trash. So I think they're going to look 0-1. I know that. Yeah. Uh Shout out to Marty. I don't think his Packers are going to fare well this season, though. I got the Bears. The Bears. The Oakland. The Las Vegas Raiders travel to Denver to take on Joey DeLorme's Denver Broncos. Dang, this is tough. And uh, Jimmy G is Raiders quarterback. Yep, and then, of course, you got... Mr. Uh, what did he call himself last year? Let's ride. No, Let's he. Co- what did he call? He called himself Mr. Mr. Uh, 
What the fuck was Russell's name? I like Russell Wilson. It sucks that he had such a shitty year last year. <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. That's what he called himself. Yeah, that's what he said last year. Mr. Unlimited. I think the Raiders are going to be better than people are giving them credit for. What, even with Jimmy G? Mm-hmm. Von, but they, they did Von lose Darren Adams. Waller. This is in this is in Mile High. Yeah. Mr. Unlimited. Sean Payton. It's Sean Payton's first year. Mm. Let me let me let me take the Broncos. I think Russ is gonna have a bounce back season. I agree with you, but I'm gonna take the Raiders. Okay. They gotta prove it to me. I watched that shit ass offense in person last year. It was trash. Okay. You went uh, to our, uh, Broncos game? Yeah, Broncos and uh, Panthers in Carolina last year. Uh, I think it was over uh, Thanksgiving weekend. The Miami Dolphins traveled to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Um, mm. This reflects my pick. Not, none whatsoever. I think Chargers are going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Mm, you believe in Herbert that much? No. I just think there's always a team that just randomly comes out of nowhere, and I think the Chargers this year are going to do that. And I think the Chargers are going to lose to the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I mean, is it really coming out of nowhere? Because they've been kind of knocking on the door. Yeah, it's coming out of nowhere. They went to the playoffs once, and they didn't even – they were fucking up, what, 28 to nothing on Jacksonville last year in the playoffs and lost the fucking game? I feel like they kind of underachieved because everybody's been telling me since his rookie season that Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So Yeah, Herbert, Burrow – well, Burrow did get to the Super Bowl. Josh Allen – Josh Allen and Herbert, I think, get the most passes – when it comes to like their team not achieving what they should, but you know, a guy, guy got drafted in the fourth round in Dallas, and he's supposed to be better than all of them. And since he's not, they talk shit about. Him. Anyway, whatever. Dolphins and Chargers. I got the Chargers. I got I got the Chargers as well, just because it's in Los Angeles. Eagles and Patriots. Eagles get to go see their old friend Ezekiel Elliott. This, this is in New England. Yep. Mm. Super, okay, I'm choosing New England. Super Bowl hangover's real, EJ. The loser of the Super Bowl. There's a stat. The loser of the Super Bowl doesn't make the playoffs. Like, I think it was like eight out of nine years or something like that a couple years ago. Who lost in the Super Bowl uh, two years ago? Was that? Uh, they beat uh, Cincinnati. The, the Rams beat Cincinnati. Yeah. Did Cincinnati go to the playoffs last year? Yeah, they did. Okay, so they fucked it up. They booked the system, and then the year before that, it was Kansas City and Tampa, I think. And mm-hmm. Kansas City went obviously. The year before that, it was Kansas City beating the Forty Niners, and I think the Forty Niners did miss the playoffs the year before remember. that. So anyway, Super Bowl loser usually doesn't do too well the next season. I think Philadelphia got the benefit of being extremely healthy last year, and they took advantage of it. I don't think a football team can be that healthy again two years in a row. I also just don't think they're as good as they were last year. So give me the Patriots. 
So we both got the Patriots on that one. Los Angeles Rams taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Teddy Bridgewater special. It's in Seattle. Yes, sir. Stafford back healthy? He's back. They don't have OBJ. OBJ is with Baltimore. And Geno Smith? Is Geno Smith still? Geno, yep. I said Teddy Bridgewater. It's Geno. Um, yeah. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They got rid of all their running backs. Oh, man. I think Stafford may have some rust, so... I'm going to go with Seattle in that 12th man. I'm going to go with the Rams. I think the Rams are going to get back to winning this year. They might not make the playoffs, but I think they'll be a lot better than they were last year. I'll go with the Rams. America's team travels to New York, New Jersey technically, to take on the New York football Giants. 8.20 Eastern time on Sunday night. I hate that. I'm going to give you a stat, EJ. Mm-hmm. The last 10 Dallas Cowboys season openers, they're 4-6. and six. The only four games they've won have all been against the Giants. They're 4-1 and one against the Giants the last 10 years. The last time the Cowboys lost to the Giants with Dak Prescott as the quarterback was 2016. They're due to finally beat Dak as a starting quarterback. They even won the game that he broke his ankle in. And that counted as him being a winning starting quarterback that game. Am I scaring you into picking the Giants yet? Nah. Okay, me either. Cowboys by 20. <laughs> just just to keep things interesting with our picks, there may be some weeks that I may not choose Dallas. Just as a heads up. But it's not going to be this week. I got Dallas going over the football Giants. Buffalo Bills taking on Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. This is Monday night football? Yes, sir. Monday night, 8-15. And you said Jets versus? The Bills. Oh, that's Pretty good one. Yeah, it's a good game to start out on Monday nights. <laughs> R.I.P. to the fucking ratings of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, they know. Come football season, that's going to take a dip. Man, Collision's going to have to deal with Saturday Night Football with college. They can blame it on CM Punk, but honestly, I think college football is going to put a big hurt on Collision. Yeah. Well, the TNT Vex knew what they were getting when they put that show on a Saturday night. But this is in Buffalo? New York. East Rutherford. New oh, so if it, it's at Jets. That's weird. The, the last two games of the week are both in MetLife Stadium at nighttime. Hey, New York's about to be rocking. But New, New Jersey. Yeah. You know, ironic that they're the New York teams, but they're playing Jersey. Um, Ah, man. You think this Jets hype is real? Nah. <laughs> I don't think they're good. I think Aaron Rodgers is washed. I think he's been washed for a couple of years. All right. You convinced me because I was on the fence with this one. Give me the Bills. I'm taking the Jets, though. Okay. I still think Aaron Rodgers is washed. I just think I think they'll win this game and come out and, like, it'll be real, like, 
everybody be hyped up about the Jets, and they'll probably lose like four games in a row. Because week two they play the Cowboys. Can't wait. Aaron Rodgers has been the thorn in my side for all the last decade. Yeah. So those are your NFL picks. Those are your payback and all-out reviews. We got our power rankings in. EJ, we're finally returning back to a regular week of fucking wrestling programming where we're not watching three pay-per-views. Thank goodness. NWA had their pay-per-view. They have a new NWA World's Champion, EC3. And shout-out to... uh, Shout out to the homie Kenzie Page. We got to try to get her on here. I saw her wrestle a couple times here at Southern Honor Wrestling, and she was really good against Danny Jordan. And it's cool to see her be the one to beat Camille after Camille had the title for like 800 and some odd days. So pretty empowered over there, killing it in NWA. Um, Trinity retained her title. Now she'll face Alicia Edwards at the next Impact. I don't know if it'll be a pay-per-view or a special. And you got Impact 1000 coming up. They're bringing yeah. back they're bringing back everybody from Impact 1000. So Gail Kim and Dudley Boys and a few other people I can't recall from the top of my head. Good for them. Yeah. So shout out to Impact. They're 1000th episode. That'll be really good. Um, I think Wild Women and Wrestling's back on. I don't remember how you watch it, but they're back now. So, like, all the smaller companies are getting some shine, too, lately. So, I, I like it. Um, then uh, a caveat for, uh, what's his name? Tyrus losing the title is that he's going to retire? Let's hope so. Yeah, I'm going to say, I hope he sticks to that and stays true to his word. No, he's Republican, because, so know, he probably won't. He can't walk. <laughs> We'll do politics on here. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. EJ, you got anything you want to say if we get up out of here? Shout out for everybody in the chat and shout out for everybody that's been supporting us. That's all I got. For EJ Reed, I'm Chris Rucker. This has been Boot to the Face until next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch. Peace! Yeah, Mr. Chaos. Boot to the Face. Let's go. California to Georgia, we get it poppin', homie We takin' over the game, so fuck who hatin' on me 